According to Intel briefings, Russian authorities have, quote, specific, unverified, and potentially unverifiable, unquote, allegations of contact between Trump aides and Russian operatives, including graphic claims of sexual acts documented by the Russians. According to these documents that no one can verify, the president-elect would reserve the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, where he knew President and Mrs. Obama, whom he hated, according to the documents, had stayed on one of their official trips to Russia and dealing, no, sorry, and defiling the bed where they had slept by employing a number of prostitutes to perform, quote, golden showers in front of him. Well, I don't know about you, but I, for one, am now really glad that I did not read Trump's 2004 book, The Midas Touch. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, well, that's just inappropriate, isn't it? Don't give me a story like that uh, mere hours before the Trump Report and expect to not run with it. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt on Twitter at ChristianDMZ. And to my left, camera right... For those of you watching on YouTube, where you should join us in the chat room, tell us what you're thinking. Scott Moore at S-Man 80. Hey. Next to him, the lovely and talented Chelsea Galicia. And next to her, oh, at Chelsea Galicia. Next to her, <laughs> the almost as lovely, slightly <laughs> less talented, at Stephen Holmkamp. <laughs> and we are very honored, nay, humbled to be joined by the one and only Drexel Hurd. Drexel at Drexel Hurd. Yes, it's a family reunion of no, Trump versus is. Hillary. We're just not peeing on each other. Yet. Yet. <laughs> exactly. Yet. 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 I think Neil put some plastic down no. in case it goes that route. But let's try and you know keep it all above the waist. And please, the show's Twitter is at Trump Report ABTV. Follow us there. Like us on YouTube. Comment. Rate on iTunes. All that stuff helps. And uh, Drexel. We're uh, very we're honored, as I said, to have you with us. Uh, you needed a you needed a little um, not, not a little detox from politics yeah. for a while, but uh, the oh, show... it wasn't very long though. No, it wasn't very long because I was... uh, well, talk a little bit about uh, what happened over the weekend and uh, about you and your personal life and public life as well. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I did take a little break. I have not watched the news really since election day, and uh, good for you. I I just. That, could, that must and, feel and great. It felt great, and I, you know, and I love my MSNBC. I love my CNN, and occasionally I'll flip over to Fox uh, if I O'Reilly if I feel, Factor once in a while. If I feel you challenged, want some truth. I was like, if you uh, want to joke, if I want to joke, laugh. and I want to laugh. If you want um, some truth, so down he, the middle. If he wants to visit the no spin zone, if I want, if I want to see all of their anchors leaving their network, yeah. um, but uh, but. Um, but actually, right after Election Day was right around the time that California were uh, California um, citizens were able to uh, go out and uh, apply, apply for it? not necessarily apply for, but just uh, declare that they were running for a district delegate uh, in the districts for the California Democratic Party. So that was what I was doing 
at that time we were running, we were talking to people, going to lots of different events and talking to different Democrats across um, our district and um, and around Los Angeles. Uh, and the election was this weekend. Um, so every district gets seven delegates, seven male, I mean, 14 delegates, seven males, seven females. Um, really great turnout uh, from what I heard across Los Angeles. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of energy from um, the progressive wing of our party, Woo-hoo! which is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was elected as one of the seven delegates uh, for my yeah. district with uh, the third highest uh, votes of yeah. the group. So it was, it was, it's, Bravo, a, it's a, it's a, thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a really great uh, opportunity. Uh, you know, Chelsea was actually, uh, I spoke to Chelsea early on in it when we were coming up with the language uh, that I would write in terms of my declaration. Cause you have to write a little blurb or whatever. And uh, you know, I think for me, it's, just this entire process from the Democratic primary last year through the election, I think at this point uh, Democrats have um, so have work to do. Um, but I think it is, and I said this in my speech, which was, and I firmly believe that this is no longer the party of Barack Obama after you know after tonight. Hillary Clinton. This is no longer the party of Bernie Sanders. This is the Democratic Party. And at some point, we have to recognize that our party is not about the person. It's about the ideas. And we elect ideas Mm -hmm. versus people. And I think that's what we got caught up with Hillary Clinton. A lot of my friends got caught up with Hillary Clinton. I know they love her. I know they love Bernie Sanders. I know they love their people. But I didn't vote for Barack Obama because I like Barack Obama. I voted for Barack Obama because I believed in him as a presidential candidate. I voted for Hillary Clinton because I believed her as a presidential candidate. Um, even if Bernie Sanders had been the Democratic nominee, I would have voted for Bernie Sanders because I believe in the ideas that they are putting sure. forth and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think that people have to start getting away from that and uh, and stop labeling themselves. I saw an article this weekend in, in uh, Huffington Post. I th- I'm sure it was written by a in this, what they like to call an establishment Democrat. Um, but it said, you know, welcome to the party Bernie Kratz across California. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's not for me. I don't like the term Bernie Kratz because they're still Democrats. At the end of the day, you're not welcome. You're just you're just saying, hey, you're now part of this conversation that you might have felt like you weren't before. And um, I don't particularly care for the term Bernie Kratz. I love it. <laughs> Bernie well, if, listen, I don't think Bernie Sanders, uh, um, you know, if Bernie Sanders was a Democrat, then, uh, you know, he's welcome to he's welcome to create his own party, which I Bernie would have hoped he had we done. We might do, so which, is totally, which is totally fine, then? which is totally well, fine. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the, at the end of the day, well. at the end of the day, I think I think a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are going to be disappointed. I know we're talking about it. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of progressives are very resistant uh, from Donald Trump, um, but it seems like. Um, Senator Sanders might be a little bit more forthcoming about wanting to work with him. Call yeah, him which, I mean, since it since it came up, uh, Chelsea, your thoughts about uh, your pal Bernie, your guy, speaking out. And, you <laughs> Specifically know, last night, the town hall meeting? Yeah. I guess that's where it was. <laughs> I don't think it was the town hall. I think he had said that right after yeah, the election. Yeah. and then Well, and he sort of reiterated it, and I guess it was at the town hall. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought the town hall was brilliant. It was excellent the questions were great that he was asked his answers were good there was one um part where i was like he could have done that better where the small business owner stood up to complain about all the regulations and um bernie started to argue with him made some valid points but the point that he left out that i thought he should have made was that a lot of these regulations have been pushed for by big businesses in order to keep the little guy out right so 
if you're if you know that that's true, then you wouldn't be voting for the same people that like the WalMarts of the world are are voting in. So uh, I, I wish he could have capitalized on that opportunity to say. We, this party is the, going to be the party of the people. He tried to say that over and over, but it will remain to be seen if Democrats really do um, adopt a an agenda that is. I don't, you, you're going to kill me. The term that came to mind was "drain the swamp," but what is an anti-corruption? <laughs> no, the right, the yeah. idea. It's the same idea yeah. in that sense. And I wish. I mean, it was it was quick. It was like all of an hour. I wish that everybody would watch it. And are you going to go, go, I... go home and watch it again tonight? <laughs> I might. Before bed. I might. It was, it was really good. I really want to absorb it like into my cells. Most of the answers, I was going to guess what he said before he said it. There were a couple of times that I uh, didn't. One of the answers that I really liked he gave, somebody asked, how do we address income inequality without demonizing the 1%? And he's like, I'm not demonizing them. I'm telling you the facts about how much wealth is going to them and then what they're doing to accrue even more. So I haven't used the word demonize. You all are using that word. But in my mind, I'm like, sometimes there are people doing bad things that need to be, if you want to say, demonized. And to say that somebody like me who's concerned about income inequality demonizes rich people doesn't know me because I come from... Because she's rich, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so I watched my parents make all the money that they have now, and so I do not have a problem with people making a ton of money. I have a problem with people making it by breaking the law, being unethical, destroying the environment, caring very little about the employees, about all the stakeholders rather than just the, the shareholders. So, And that's the highlight of uh, Clinton Cash, folks. Well, was that the point that you were going to make? Was that you'll God. watch, yeah, you'll watch that the Bernie <laughs> Town Hall, which I want to watch anyways, if the panel... Truly watches. Mm-hmm. I watched Clinton. I watched it. I watched it. I couldn't get through it all. Do you have back end points so on Clinton Cash? At this point, you're so just fake. trying to pump up the sales. No, I think he's. Yeah, I think he brought it up because I'm sitting on the couch. Yeah, 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 yeah but here's the thing. I watched. The audience didn't know what it was. I saw in the comments they had no idea what it was or where to find it. It's on YouTube. Clinton Cash is a documentary on YouTube. Oh my god! Here's one thing about it. It's free. You don't have to. It's free, but that's why it's free because it's horrible. It's so terrible. I couldn't even watch it. Drexel was trying to make. I, I was just I was just gonna say like you know it Terrible. goes back to a lot of what Chelsea talks about um, you know obviously Democrats are about to go through something uh, a new election in terms of the party in the next uh, month in February we elect our new our next DNC chair there's a lot of great Keith people Allison, running. Yeah. go Keith Ellison there's a lot of great people running uh, I know uh, Mayor Butlick from Bootlick Bootlick Pete Bootlick can we get the yeah, chat from, up by the way from please? Wisconsin from Indiana from, yeah. or from Indiana I know yeah. has uh, declared his candidacy I know. Oh. Um, you know, for me personally, I I welcome all three of our top Thank candidates. You. Oh, come um, on. Tell them what you really think. I, I do. I have no problem <laughs> with Keith Ellison. I have no problem with Tom Perez. I thought you were excited about Keith Ellison. I am excited about Keith Ellison, but, but, I'm no equally as a, but I have no problem with all three of these candidates. I think that at some point, the problem with the Democratic Party, and I've said this from the beginning, I said that I, I was looking at my time hop, and I said this two or three years ago about Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and mm-hmm. I remember saying that... Democrats have a messaging problem. It's not a. It's not necessarily a policy problem. A lot of the stuff that Chelsea brings up and a prioritizing and a, and a, prior, right. and a priority problem. It's yeah. not that we don't have the ideas and 60, a turnout problem too. And a turnout that problem. Is part, that is a majority issue. of turnout. Americans um, 
believe in the policies that the mm-hmm. Democratic Party puts forth in terms of how we do it. Now, whether or not you're big business, you know, I talk to small business owners all the time who believe that regulations, yes, are killing their business. I get it. Fine. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when it comes, we have a moral, and, and Barack Obama talked about it um, in a few speeches early on where he talked about we have a moral problem. And at the, at the end of the day, the Democrats have to push that message back out to people by saying, we have to get back to the roots of the problem. Are you talking about and what Bernie calls out as corporate greed? That was one of the things I'm not that talking he... about, no, I'm talking, no, because you're talking ec- ec- economics. I'm talking not only In economics. In this country, it all starts with economics. Yes, but, and, and, Chel- and Chel- we disagree on, we don't, we, we, we have very different opinions on that. However, what I'm saying is that I'm looking at the whole thing. And by saying Democrats have to be able to talk about social issues in a way that we talk about it from a moral standpoint, and we have to talk about economic issues as we as it talks from a moral standpoint. I object, and <laughs> and, and that's and that's fine, you know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, Democrats have to do better on messaging, and right. we have to be able to push that back out. And I think that Keith Ellison is a great messenger. I think that Tom Perez is a great messenger. I think that uh, Mayor Pete, who is brand new. Could be a good messenger. I think he might be a great vice chair at some point. But I think Adam Panchenko is going to be vice chair. But I was going to say something about kind of going back to what you were saying earlier. And it does go back to the messaging, but does not also go back to the personality. Like you were saying, like we're a party of ideas. Also, that takes a a person like a Barack Obama or someone to come out to be able to get that message and get people to turn out and vote. And that's part of the thing that happened with, with Trump, who, if it was a different Republican, probably would not have won that upper Midwest states the, uh, this past fall. So it, it does take a person that can also be the vessel mm, right. to bring that, that message. Well, I think, no, and, and, and I think that if you look at the, he have won the mis- if you look no, at the top, not won the upper Midwest. Right. No, the states I, that I mean, flipped. That, it's, no. it's hard to say. I mean, that's hard to say. No. Who, I don't, it's hard to other, say, but I'm saying that other Republican. I'm saying as far as yeah, but but likely they would not have if it was a different Republican because of the fact that he drew a very specific. I think if it was a different Republican, that Republican would have won by a landslide. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah. So, so many people who voted for Donald Trump because the upper Midwest was right for changing, John but Kasich it still wasn't. won by a landslide. No, I, I don't know about that. So. Here's what I'll say in, in, to, to your point, which is if we go no. back to Keith Ellison, and, and early on I told Chelsea, I said, yeah, I'm a big fan of Keith Ellison. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about personality and message, right, and like Keith, the Ellison message is, Keith Ellison yeah. is the guy to do that. He's, it's just like if Cory Booker wanted to be DNC mm-hmm. chair, Cory Booker would be this great orator for Democrats in terms of messaging. Um, you know. I think that you do have to have someone young and interject. Right. T- Tom Perez is, is a little Obama-esque. He's a little bit um, in his head. You know, he kind of wants to say the right things, which is fine uh, for a managerial. It's, work he's a, it's fine for managerial purposes mm-hmm. of the DNC, but you do have to have effective messengers to be able to go out. And I know from Keith Ellison's platform and I know from Tom Perez's platform, um, they both are really trying to get us away from what Bernie talked about. Uh, I think he mentioned his town hall, but I, I know he's talked about it before, which is getting us away from focusing on the presidential uh, and getting us back into right. battleground, and not just and, battleground and states, but, but local states mm-hmm. and, and working our way back up. So, um, you know. Tell me your That's an important thing. My objection was that to... To say that I'm only concerned about the economy is not true. When we clean up the corruption, then we can address the social issues like private prisons, the drug war. All of these have roots of money and politics. Who doesn't want to end the drug war? The people that make a lot of money selling their drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, who doesn't want to mm-hmm. end private prisons? The people making money. So these are social issues that are affected by the money and politics. And I say money and politics, and it sounds like that's an economic issue, but it's the issue of all issues. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm going to be the first one to admit it that uh, I don't want to do anything to reform the prisons because uh, I put a large six-figure sum in orange jumpsuit futures, and uh, I'm doing well so far. Now, Drexel, you mentioned the term Obama-esque, and you talked about Obama speaking, and that's one of the big things that happened tonight. In fact, the original title of this episode and the original song was going to be My Way because uh, much like the chairman of the board... I like to think that President Obama did things his way. Now, Drexel, you were traveling, so did you get to hear much or any of uh, President Obama's speech? I didn't. I, I read it as I yeah. as, right before we were going on there. I had you were reading some of what it but was. But everybody that messaged me said, I can't wait for you to watch this yeah. speech, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it, and make sure you get well, your tissues. <laughs> my thought on it was, uh, leave it to President Obama to figure out a way to deliver one more State of the Union address. Because <laughs> yes. it was uh, very much what it was. But uh, I understand that a uh, few people here on the panel also saw it. Uh, Scott, what were I your thoughts it. about... Uh, oh, I listened to we, it. This is almost as good. <laughs> so you missed the part good. where he wiped a tear? No, I know. I missed that part. I was listening to it. Oh, um, that was a highlight. But it was, <laughs> it, it was beautiful. And, and the thing about the president is that he's so good about kind of being above the fray and doing these great soaring speeches. I mean, there's no doubt. If that's one thing that we can agree on bipartisan is that he's a great He's got a he's nice a great draw speech. to him. Yeah. Great cadence. He's got a great way of connecting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, staying positive because he could have gone really, really negative, and he kept it positive and kind of just said, hey, people, I'm still going to be people there. People booed about the transfer right. power. It's mm-hmm. like, hey. You Someone know. was protesting, too, I think, in the beginning. Like, right when you started. Yeah, and then they started yelling obnoxiously. Yeah. They were over-chanting, four more years. Yeah. But what? I didn't. I couldn't make it out what the protester was saying. No. I did not uh, actually hear what they said. Yeah, I so. couldn't tell either. No, I couldn't either. But it, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, look, it's it's a great opportunity. You got the feeling mm-hmm. that this was actually a really hard speech for mm-hmm. him because now it's real. Like this right. is but it. I wish that he yeah. was gonna like, all right, let's loosen the tie, right. roll I, up our yeah. sleeves, and let me tell you exactly what went wrong here and what we gotta do. I know, now. but you knew he let wasn't me, gonna do that. But that's I don't think that's part of I don't think that's the point of it. Otherwise, no, he just he said, oh, man, he man. can do that the mm-hmm. next time yeah. he addresses. I think I think that's I think that's January twenty first. Yeah, when he's not president, they're ready when he's ready to. Let but, loose and do his thing. But it's it, it funny know. that this he... This was the stage for it, I think. He referenced no, George Washington's even. farewell address. He did. right. And what I know from George Washington's farewell address is that Washington warned us against political parties. Yeah. And so it's not unheard of that somebody makes bold statements in their farewell address. Well, and Eisenhower made the bold statement the night before he left about the military-industrial complex kind of going back to... So I was uh, waiting for something like bold and yeah. actionable and practical and and I wanted to hear his opinion on should we be as obstructionist as the Republicans were the last eight years? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted him to address that specifically. Uh, you know, I wanted to get a lot of things done. I couldn't. Some of that was due to straight obstructionists. Somebody said mm-hmm. their only mission is to make sure I'm a one-term president and then after that to block any efforts at my success. And I think going forward, we should pay it back or we should be better than that. I, I, I know that's yeah, what I he's thinking, but I don't know if that would come but across. But I also, I also right don't think to, to, to that to point, that. I also don't think the Democrats have made their decision on what they want to do right. either. But so I, He yeah, could have advised them. I'm sure speech. he is behind, right behind the scenes. The but scenes but I also sure. think that from what I read and from what, I just, what I've heard so far is that the president started his campaign out in Chicago, you know, what, eight years ago talking about hope and he ended his eight years as president talking about hope to go negative 
mm-hmm. would not have been. I'm in not my, asking in, negative. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, asking no. I'm practical. But that's not. But that. But to me, to me, as an Obama fan, right. that is the He's, capsule yeah. of hope and saying we're going to get to work. We're going to do it together after this is all over because that is what we do. This is the this is what a democracy is all he's, about. No, he's no, very no. clearly interested in his legacy and yes, right. having those bookends, right. having and, it and, be in Chicago yeah. as well. And that's and his style. There'll be time after he's president for all I that. Agree, so but I, I, I definitely agree with your points. Solutions, point, point not feel good speeches. Yeah, but that's like not his. That's not, comments, that's, not so. that's not his style. And again, he's wrapping up his presidency and he wants to keep it a high note. I thought he did a good job though, doing a little bit of jabs about democracy right. in part of that speech, and he was talking about it sort of about. Which to me was a little bit of a jab to Trump and the Republicans, sort of just talking about you know it's, keeping well, democracy strong see, and so you actually know, we're this, the ones giving the power and he made a comment about bullying smaller neighbors and I think that the term bully is probably a mm-hmm. reference to Trump, which actually reminded me of the Meryl Streep uh, Golden Globe acceptance uh, speech for her award and a video that I saw that spoke out against the speech that Meryl Streep gave, which said, this is kind of hypocritical because you want to say that Trump is a bully, but really, right now, we are bombing seven countries. And that's under Obama's, you know, administration. So to say that he's the only bully, I mean, I didn't totally get the the peril, but I I got it. Mm -hmm. So... We're bullying smaller, I mean, not necessarily neighbors because they're mostly um, Middle East, um, that we're right now actively bombing seven countries that we are not at declared war with. So I am starting to see some of the hypocrisy in Mm -hmm. the label of... I felt like the only thing Meryl wanted to say that she didn't say was calling a lot of people deplorables. That was actually the point that uh, Piers Morgan made. I saw this a mm-hmm. little bit before. He said that uh, I haven't heard such elitist snobbery since Hillary Clinton branded Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. Now, obviously, I'm of the frame of mind that if if Meryl Streep wants to get up there and say whatever she does, that's great. She has that platform. Right. Yeah. She's entitled to it. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's you know reacted poorly to it, well, you know, not even reacted poorly, but they were disappointed with mm-hmm. her comments and disagreed. Also welcome to say it. So it's you know it's not like oh what she said was brave and screw you for saying the it. The dumb right. comments are like actors should just stay yeah. acting. Well, no, like, I was like you're, hi, you're, you're a you're, shoe you're, salesman. Well, you're only allowed to talk about but, shoes. But also whole Trump life. was a celebrity and he's the biggest elitist there is. So right. it's like very well, hypocritical true, to talk about that. She can say whatever she wants to say. Right? She has a platform. It's but a joke. For her to just not get the people who voted for Trump are the people who are just turned off by that. Sort that's of not what she said. Yes, and that's the way it was taken how could it because be taken if, if we you, don't you... watch her or if, if she's not there to make movies then we have nothing to watch but like if we're not there to watch your movies you have nothing to make and for her to say you know violence creates violence it's true so a true. lot it of is people true, but, we are being true. Violent. but a lot right. of people are thinking like trump voters are saying well how about when the dnc paid people to go incite violence at the trump rally i don't that's, know that that's, that's a thing not, i don't I know that, that, a, a, I don't that, that is a thing no, and she talks about wait hold on a second wait truth she talks about the honor of truth but what i'm saying is she's missing the connection 
with 60 million people who voted against Hillary Clinton. Can we like, have a which discussion? Is less Hold on a minute. The majority that voted for her. That's kind of besides I the point. I, say, say, I, I really missed having all of us together again. This, this for, is what I missed out on Thanksgiving. For somebody who so resists answering my questions because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's speculation. You sure do like to cite a yeah, lot of when speculation. You speculation of things that aren't that's true necessarily. Speculative yes, about it. Is. I'm speculative. Just saying, what she addressed, the, I just felt like again, she really picking what you want to think is speculative. Here's the thing. I just want to, of Americans, no but that's not. But here's the thing, and I that's think, what we're seeing on the on the internet. The, the we're problem, okay. the the problem with a lot of folks and um, that have that mentality that Steve brought up, um, miss the, the the general point of it. And I think Meryl Streep, and by think, I mean I know that's what I took away from it, was saying, "Look, we don't want you to be violent people. Look, what the what 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 happens in political campaigns." We talk about that you brought up the DNC. You know, I was watching the West Wing is my favorite show on television. I talk about it all the time. What happened in that instance happened in an episode of the West Wing a long time ago. This is nothing. The way that campaigns are run, the underhanded tricks that happen that are outside of the campaign, uh, whoever's personal campaign. That shit happens. It happens on both sides. This is nothing new. So to say, oh, it was a DNC thing. The RNC has been doing this stuff. For years. The DNC has been doing this yeah, stuff for years. Meryl's that is no. trying to Meryl's... almost put a guilt trip on anyone who nope. doesn't no. But no, 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 talk about no, 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 she used, she used, in her speech, no. she used an example of when Trump mocked the reporter. Now, Trump likes to pretend like yes, it didn't mocking happen. the reporter. Mocking yeah. the reporter. She used that as a clear example mm-hmm. of a bully. Now, that was not on the voters. That was on the person who did the bullying of the reporter. Correct. And so, she also no point, insinuated to violence. I'm thinking she said that, violence? that his rallies were so violent and people were beat up. She's not even talking about the rallies. I don't think she's talking about the rallies. I think she's talking about, in general, violent talk. Begets right. violent talk, and she's saying the behavior the that people see. And, but, but, that, but that can go, but that can go for either side. Was she going to get up there right. and say right. she, she didn't talk about a specific people? She said to the people in the audience. I think what's this frustrating is, what, is that there's no yes, that may be true, Meryl. But how about the other side too? What was she because say? the other side wasn't talked about as well. So I think that's where people get so frustrated. So are you saying that? Are you saying, saying that? that would you okay. have? Would you have talked? So you're like yes, Donald Trump. Donald Trump okay, should go up there and have his 15 minutes to yes, talk now. Yes, there was now? rough rhetoric for sure, and rough. we may right. have a wild card <laughs> oh in office. Okay, but how about the other stuff? How about the? How about how about the the emails? How about the? Oh my God! The emails. Give me a freaking break! And breaking on the iPhones. Oh my God! That stuff bothers people, and that the fact that when Stephen's not here next time, I'm just going to say emails. Yes, and then emails. people are going to think he's well, right. No, that's no. what bothers people. No, no. What, but, bo- no, what she was talking what about is his behavior. And the fact is, when he acts that way, it gives other pre- people permission, permission to act a certain way. And that's what she's saying. People model their behavior off of their leaders. And if you see a leader bullying people, talking down to people, trashing people... Uh, treating women with disrespect, they think it's now okay to do that same kind of behavior, yep. and that's what she was addressing. I was reading, not about the the you know all, rallies or anything. On the else. plane, I was I was reading. I was, I've been reading Double Down for 
for years since mm-hmm. 2012, basically. Yeah, I've read that. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just at the portion of the 2012 campaign where uh, President Obama bombed his first debate. And it talked about, during the debate prep, about nasty Obama. Like how they wanted to quell yeah. nasty Obama. Yeah. And I, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, which was... You know, it go if if Barack Obama had got up there and said, and we're going to do this, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it. That's exactly how we would have reacted to the situation that's coming. What? All right, but to the point that I think Stephen's trying to make is that you know Meryl Streep gets up there and it again feels to a big segment of people who honestly probably mm-hmm. weren't watching the Golden Globes they but they heard about it and they saw it and again it's the idea that well we know better than you we're smarter than you you need us I don't know why you didn't listen to us this time but you're going to listen to us again in four years and if people continue to have that approach then you know we'll be doing the Trump Turn report off your for eight years football and your well that was Megan McCain's sports. response right. was that you know we're going to you've just opened it up but, to being reelected but I mean and as always, we're uh, you know spending a lot of time on only a few topics, mm-hmm. and I do want to move along. Um, there was a mention of uh, unverified, uh, unverifiable things, which goes back to the uh, fun topic that I alluded to at the beginning, which I'm actually less interested in, in the findings of this report, but someone in the chat room wanted to know when we were going to talk about it. I, I did talk about it in the beginning. So apparently... Major news outlets will report on a document that has no corroboration, not really based in fact, if it's really funny and or interesting slash humiliating to someone. So the idea that oh, Donald yeah. Trump pays <laughs> prostitutes for golden showers, oh, we don't give a shit if that, it, you know, it's like, do you need another source? No, print it. We want to be first. <laughs> yeah. and it's just, it's interesting because, again... I, you know, not that this is where it came from, but the New York Times were like, you know what, we're going to do better. We ignored part of the... But then everybody just runs right into it. It's like, oh my God, we have this. I don't know what that accomplishes. Now, if you waited a couple days and you you had a couple other people who maybe actually supported it, it's a better story. Mm -hmm. But again, everybody wants to better be first than right. And it is interesting just how widely reported that was. You know, it was apparently something being reported on BuzzFeed means that it's fact. (laughs) Because of the secondary sources all cited, well, according to BuzzFeed, Mm -hmm. according to BuzzFeed, they're going to tell you the the 30 hottest Latino actors of the 70s. Hey, BuzzFeed News has been growing. Well, they are growing. Yeah. I would not not cite them. This is a bad joke. Growing like Pinocchio's nose. It's a terrible (laughs) joke. But... I don't know. I sort of want to ask what everybody thinks. I'll start with Steven because I feel like you get shouted over a lot when the more of us there are, the harder it can be for people at home to hear you. But it's really, and seriously, it's less about what that document is. Obviously, we can, the salacious nature is why people are excited for it. Mm -hmm. But are you at all surprised at how widely that story was reported so quickly when there's... The word unverifiable is actually in quotes. You know, it's it's in there. Like, they can't prove it. I know. I know. No, it's insane. I mean, that is definitely a catchy headline that's going to get shared and retweeted and uh, run wild. But I don't know. I think that people 
you know, site should be fine for putting for, out. for anyone that's wondering. I was obviously very much aware. It was in my mind that I could have made a joke about trickle down mm-hmm. economics. I did, but there were like <laughs> so many of them. I know I saw I saw Scott do it, and then trumped be, up trickle down. Yeah, trumped, trumped up, up trickle, trickle down. down. Yeah. Exactly. And then by the time you know, by the time we got to do the show, I was like, all right, so there's, there's like eight million of them. <laughs> there so, are so many. So I'm ha- uh, I think it's fun. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's fun. It's funny. But sort of Tearing once down. you peel that back, it's interesting that. You know, again, BuzzFeed says it, so it must be true. Uh, Chelsea, again, it's not about the story. I wouldn't want to uh, ask your opinion on that. But do you think we're going to see more of that because of how much we have a media that doesn't, uh, you know, that is, it's safe to say, opposed to this incoming administration? Yeah, and I don't really know what there is to do about it. So on something like that it's like I, there's there's nothing that i can see that's actionable if there's something to do about it so i'm not focusing on things like that i think that there are so many things to be upset over and outraged mm-hmm. over and uh, distracted by that i'm kind of trying to keep my eye on the ball um, because you it's easy to to be to tr- keep up with every story yeah. and thing yeah. that comes out and if it's funny i mean i'm, I'm not that amused by this um, and so I'm trying to kind of just like let things like that sort of, I was going to say wash over me, but that sounded wrong. Yeah. Um, and sort of focus on the things <laughs> that are See, this See right now. It's it horrible. Is uh, Scott, like Jeff Sessions. We're oh, I know. Which we're gonna get to I know. Well, that's yeah. that's what I was gonna say. But you know, that's part of. I think bringing to your point, that's part of the problem is that there's so many sort of scandals and things that happen on a daily basis with him. That how do you really you start to overlook real stuff and real things that are happening or scandals that are legitimately serious and it's that's the thing that's a little frightening is because he is not liked by the media and they're going to continuously uh try to throw him down and, and that these things are going to happen I, I do think there's probably some kind of hint of truth and i've said that all along obviously with russia the connection yeah and the fact I, that I he that the, is the, so the reluctant big... to acknowledge the the tampering with the election i mean there there it's definitely something there but if it's actually the, that the, crazy the big, i don't know the big you know simple bullet point mm-hmm. of uh close ties to russia yeah, that is news that there, is interesting yeah. uh by the way lawrence bakery in the chat room thanks for being there lawrence and everybody else buzzfeed the amazing news outlet that gave us hard-hitting pieces <laughs> like the man-spreading epidemic. How's uh, any different from fake news, though? That was out all you know. That's what I'm saying. No, but that's real news. news no, I know, but epidemic. I'm saying like as far as fake news being a huge thing. Uh, yes, yeah, this, this uh, somebody posted that on my Facebook wall earlier today, and I said I, I don't want to. I don't want the word. I don't want to read the word unsubstantiated in yeah. a headline. Yeah, that's yeah. not something that yeah. anybody it wants belong. to read. No, it does not belong. It does not belong on a headline. It. And, you because know, if it's in the headline, you should not print mm-hmm. it. But this yeah. isn't the first time that the media has jumped the gun on a situation in the past few months. I mean, when the FBI went after Anthony Weiner's computer emails, it was Hillary Clinton that was sprawled across the front of the New York Times above the fold for a situation that did not pan out look, to be next to anything. Un- unsubstantiated so, stories. Look what it But did it certainly did not say unsubstantiated yeah, right. in that headline. But look so, what it did to Dan Rather. He was so quick right. and so wanted that story and, about George W. Bush and the National Guard to be right that they went with it. And right. it well, was like actually... Said, and I think that's part of the reason why I said first. at the beginning... Yeah. Why I just stopped watching the news for mm-hmm. for months or a couple of months because I was like, I blame them for probably this entire election. Um, oh my goodness! In, in, well, in, well, in, the, in the sense of not being able, in the sense of jumping the gun, not, not being able to Trump cover, enough, not not necessarily not just going for Trump enough, I but being able so. to 
reel the truth back in, no matter whose side it was it's, on. Yeah, it's all or giving fair airtime yeah. to and, Bernie. Well, that, that's listen. Hillary Clinton didn't get a lot of fair airtime either. That's but, true. So I, I so I don't think that it was about necessarily. Well, she fair apparently airtime. should have spent more time in Russian hotels. Apparently, so I I think that you know the media is is partly to blame for a lot of of uh, the failures, not just of, of Hillary Clinton, but of of. Uh, uh, democratic messaging across the country. I think Democrats' communications have to do a little bit better of working with the media, even though it looked like they were working with the media. Obviously, it didn't help Democrats out any. Um, so, you know, this kind of stuff is, uh, to what Chelsea said, is, is, is a real distraction right. to, where, to where the fact that Betsy DeVos's uh, confirmation hearing right. has been pushed because of the fact that she is going to be a terrible Secretary of Education. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Again, because our uh, time is dwindling, let's talk about, it was just mentioned, uh, confirmation. confirmation hearings. Jeff Sessions. Does anybody want to go first? <sighs> is anybody like Jefferson him? Jefferson Beauregard. I, Jefferson Beauregard. That exactly. has all the, tra- I mean, I'm not trying to be no, like that's, pigeonholing him, no. but that has all the trappings of like a Confederate soldier. It does, <laughs> I know. It doesn't get more than Jefferson, Jefferson Beauregard. 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 <laughs> he's he's like the the Louisiana lawyer in the summer, you know. He's and, a character out of a Grisham book. Yeah, 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 right. And he's really like, that no, he, what is it? <laughs> a time to kill. He's <laughs> yeah. the time to kill lawyer. <laughs> he is no Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, not not him. I'm talking about the other side. Yes, talking about the other side. He's the no, he's basically he's Atticus Finch. I woke up watching the confirmation here. Yes, I watched. I did put you right back to sleep. A lot of protesters. I saw the part starting with Al Franken. sort of a cute him of uh, hyping up yep. his record, and I wonder uh, if that's going to make a difference to any Republican. It won't. I think no. I was actually surprised. Actually, what secured, what probably secured Jeff Sessions' vote with a lot of Republicans is probably Susan Collins being the person that introduced him. Yeah, because she is a moderate She's the Republican. Moderate Republican. She's she the one that said, "Here's what I yeah, it's yeah. safe to vote for him because I like right. him." And and she said, "Here's where I worked with him. Here's where he worked mm-hmm. on with you, 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 and you Democrats on the board. Mm-hmm. Here's where we agree. Here's where we disagree, and that's it." And it made him a safe choice for Republicans to be like, that "Oh, let's crazy." I know it's, it's, crazy. it's, it's awful. Safe choice. I'm saying to them. No, I know you're saying it's awful. To them, and if Susan can say it. That's it. I mean, this we're about That's to find out if anybody in that party has a conscience. I think if you, like we just talked about Betsy DeVos, I think that that is an area where Republicans may or may not feel comfortable with a pick that... I- that's so controversial. I Jeff think, Sessions is controversial, but yeah, he's, he's a part of I their think that they're right. family. More inclined to pick their battle, and you know right. they they can't go against their you know their incoming administration on everything. And they got you know if there's a real problem that the party has with one of them, and it could definitely be. I think the big yeah. thing with the Republicans will be even besides the racism, other issues he had back in the '80s when he was you know denied that back during Reagan mm-hmm. years was you know civil forfeiture is another big thing that some Republicans are not comfortable with. But, you know, he also kind of brought up, and I thought it was interesting because I saw some things about the other famous Alabama uh, politician, George Wallace, and talking about, you know, like, oh, well, you know, the 80s was a long time ago, which coincidentally enough, during that time period, that's when George Wallace was governor again there, and he kind of disavowed racism and everything. And so some people are saying, well, couldn't he have changed since then from his thoughts and even if whatever his things were in the past and he's really not anymore, even if you thought he was? And I'm like, but that's still... Doesn't mean that it, that he really has grown as a person. Well, and he's but he's changed. continued he because he still kept some of that today. stuff behind. What did he Wait, say about like he gay rights? He did and say he did LGBT. say Jeff Sessions. He 
They prepped him. They prepped him for the best, the the most moderate Moderate, sounding. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Social, like it was just like but I believe like in. He, yes, and, no, you don't. No. Know what point? It's not really actually going to leave a lot of the law that's already settled, right? No, no. no here's 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 here's, here's, here's the way that Republicans like to spin constitutional law. They like to say what's on the books is on the books, and we have to enforce that no mm-hmm. matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And I do think, and, and and to the point, I, there was a part in his testimony where he said, "Oh, sometimes there's gray area too." And I was like, "Who says that in a confirmation hearing?" <laughs> right. And so, you know, I think Republicans like to pretend. Republicans like to use the Constitution as a way to restrict rights, and yes. that yep. is that is the what I Act voting is rights. Act. Most that is what I for for example. Jeff Sessions mm-hmm. to get up there and say, "Oh, well, once a law is passed, once a law is passed, that's how we're going to enforce it." Instead of saying, "Once a law is fair and then passed, then we're going to enforce it the way that it to where it." benefits all Americans instead of saying, well, this immigration law is passed and now we're going to enforce it and that's how we're going to do. Or this LGBT law is... I mean, he this, said he wasn't well, going to support a Muslim uh, registry. Right. But I don't... Also I said, don't know if I believe that. That's my problem, He too. also said... To your fact, I'm pretty sure I don't. He said, right. oh, well, I abhor... I, he, the, the words are, I abhor the Klan. Well, that sounded a whole. That sounded mm-hmm. a heck of a lot convinced. That did not sound convincing at all. So, do and the you pot want, smoking. Though, he's not going to enforce the immigration bill if he's going to leave... Well, gay rights law as settled. I mean, what not, else I don't, are you I, looking here's the thing. No, we're saying but, we don't but, believe but, that. But here's the thing. What he, said, what he said was not that he would leave the law settled. Right. It was I, if the law, if a law passes, I will enforce that law. And so if you look at what states are doing across the country, if you look at what's happening in Missouri right now, there's so much happening in Republican legislatures are doing in states that it's going to trickle around to the other 39 Republican-controlled states, and it's going to have an impact on the national conversation so Jeff Sessions is going to be like, oh, well, that law is passed. That's the law of the land, and that's how it's going to work. Lawrence Bakery yeah, raises a good point, a good point yeah, where he say. says, I find it interesting that he wants to leave the mm-hmm. LGBT laws to the states, but when it comes to marijuana, he plans to enforce federal law to the full degree. Not good news. This is another right. reason why and, I don't and, like this and guy. That's, yeah, and that I goes back either. to the Republicans kind of picking and choosing yeah, exactly. the, the, the laws to, that, they that they feel like. But to, are, to are Stephen's point, I mean, you know, you have these confirmation hearings and all you can do is take the man at his yeah. word and, you know, you're inclined to not believe him. No, you don't Let's have to. You can listen to the words and say, I smell and that's, what, and that's what Al Franken did. Been, yeah, right. Al, Franken, Al Franken did that so on Jeff Sessions today. Behavior. And uh, our new senator here in California, Kamala Harris, did mm-hmm. that on uh, the National Security Advisor pick today where she drilled him on immigration. So I, I do think that Democrats, are, at least the new ones, are going to come out. So I mean, obviously today we had Cory Booker testify against Jeff Sessions, yes. which never happens. No, and that was you know, And so I think, more Demo- I think more of these young Democrats are going to start to – and get fired up Sessions wants to keep Gitmo opened and operating. And are you are you saying that in a way that you I mean, don't have, have a problem I've with seen, that? Or? Uh, yeah, if no. I do. Well, from okay. what I've seen, and I know Obama wanted to get that closed for his whole eight and years. He, but I wonder why it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. What I've seen on what they do to those people down And that's another, again, a moral issue. It's a constitutional issue. You don't even have to get moral. I mean, if we look at it and we go, those aren't American citizens. A lot of those folks aren't American citizens. They don't have constitutional rights. That's what somebody yeah. would but argue. That's how, I'm saying that's what somebody would argue. Constitutional rights are how we operate. How we are. I'm sure. saying. I'm saying somebody will say they do not have constitutional I, rights. I'm and still Gitmo. of the firm belief that uh, Gitmo is open for the same reason it was open. That uh, you know, obviously, 
you can see all those tactics and go like, wow, that's terrible. Oh, did they get any uh, good information? And yeah. some people will say you don't. Other people say you do. And I think mm-hmm. if you do, they're probably not going to tell us. And the fact that it's still open tells me that maybe that's why. Here's the problem with Republicans that I have. They Republicans. You're the sit, only one. Yeah. No, there's plenty. <laughs> but I mean, on particularly this issue, they have no. They have a problem with bringing. And and monitoring terror suspects in their home states, in their jail systems, but have no problem jailing American citizens and keeping them in their prisons. So, so it's like, who would you do you want to? Who do you want to monitor? Like, who would you rather have? In your, what do you think they're going to escape? Well, that's yeah. the problem. El Chapo's yeah. not going to, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Thing. Like, You're it's right. just not. It's they, just, they, they focus. They they focus on the wrong people, right. and it turns out that they're focused more on again restricting and keeping at bay the American people than they are the terrorists that they that they claim they want to keep out because they like they don't want to let them go around the world they don't want them to go to their states yet they have mm-hmm. they don't seem to have a problem with they have they love the constitution yet they don't want to follow the constitution in the way that it's supposed to be and yet they have this more and they want to blame democrats for having the a moral problem in the country. Well, I do want to move on to one final issue, one uh, specifically for Stephen, because this was a major issue for you during the course of the campaign. Uh, I believe this happened earlier today. Uh, Trump advisors met with Paul Ryan to discuss tax reform. And to me, that seems like they have their eye on a very specific ball, and they know that that is something that's very important to a lot of the people who mm-hmm. voted for Trump, yeah. is some kind of tax reform. So you it hear that. To you, right? you a Trump voter? Voter? It's a little important to he, me. He, he was a nobody voter, <laughs> if you recall. He voted for yeah. no one. Yeah, you should I'm have written still, in your I'm not sure I believe yeah. that. <laughs> I'm not Jeff Sessions. Uh, just, <laughs> but, you know, obviously we don't know the specifics of that meeting, but the fact that that issue is being met on right, essentially right away, yeah. does that tell you that they realize how important that is to Heck so many yeah. Americans? For instance, I have a friend today who uh, was got a big settlement check uh, for the sum of four hundred something thousand dollars, and out of that check, he got about one hundred eighty. So a hundred and a settlement or, check. Yeah, and he's a lawyer, actually. Oh, so and, it was income. Yeah, so two hundred and twenty. That's very weird. You don't pay you don't pay taxes, taxes immediately on you. Mm-hmm. It's on your whole income, so it's very bizarre That's that the somebody's like that was taken out of his check. Do you well, think if I he mean, got that check, like, like do you think if he got that check a month check. from now, he'd get to keep more of it? And something <laughs> sounds <laughs> bizarre <laughs> about that. Probably, it's less about that specific check than here's the deal. I mean, I also we also live in a state where we have state tax, and we also pay a nine percent sales tax, which is a lot higher than a lot of other states. So, tax reform is very important for me. Well, he's not going to fix the California city. state tax. I know, but I'm saying overall taxes. We pay a lot of taxes living here, so that's why it's so important to me. But we have a lot of advantages that a lot of other states don't have. Which tax For instance, so like he says, if you make under $112,000 as a single filer, you pay 25% under tax plan. Is that so? Say you make $120,000. The first 112 is taxed at 25%. And then the eight thousand from one twelve to one twenty is taxed at the thirty percent. Is that how that works, or is the full enchilada yeah taxed you know, at thirty percent since you make one twenty? Well, I don't know. He may undo the whole tax system as we know but it. Is but currently, clear it's progressive. Look, the, currently, the, the way it goes is the first 
you know, zero to 112, if that's the cutoff, is taxed at that rate. And then right. after that, exactly. the, it's taxed yeah, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the only thing keep. we know for right. sure is that Trump doesn't like enchiladas. Mm-hmm. But to your point <laughs> about that, that sounds good. It's it's good. for dinner. Yeah. That does actually Does anyone else feel like this is the right thing to focus on? Whether obviously this is not the administration. Well, that's Obamacare. That's their thing. I mean, if you're a conservative, that's what you campaign on, and that's certainly what he did, and that's what a lot of people. Need to deliver but it's also it. here's, so the, here's, the, it's here's the a majority of the Trump voters, the income tax that is being paid out by a lot of the wealthy people is going to help those people who voted for Donald Trump in states that need the help. Right. If you look at what happened in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell spent the entire 2014 campaign not really campaigning against Obamacare because he knew how successful Kentucky right, Connect, Connect was is hugely and successful. is and so yes. this and you know you look at what Trump voters are saying about Obama, about the Affordable Care Act. Some are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was happening. Are they like that's different than it. Obamacare? You're like, how, <laughs> who do you think? How do you think that stuff gets paid for? Right. You know, and so yeah. I think that again, at some point, people have to decide what's more important to them, and I think it is: do I keep my own money? And that's the difference between. Liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans on, 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 on that issue, which is, do I help the common good or do I focus what on myself? I mean, I think there's such thing as a balance. Right, I agree. And, there is a balance. And we don't yeah. have to give it all away. Right. Yeah. And we have, but you do but have we to should be really smart about the money that we do yeah. give away. Right. And, and what subsidies used to for. corporations that don't need it mm-hmm. and... Um, Donald Trump, who doesn't pay taxes in 18 years. Yeah, so, I mean, the problem should be to clean up what we do with the money mm-hmm. that we have. Then we're going to need less, and maybe some more can go back right. to taxpayers. I also think that corporations also have to relook at their moral mm-hmm. compass. Yeah, you know, it used to be a thing where corporations took everybody into account. And I used to think, uh, coming out of law school, that corporations only cared about the bottom line because that's what they were mandated by law to care about. But that's actually not true. It's just become a culture of only caring about shareholders, mm-hmm. not about stakeholders. And so it's a cultural shift that needs to occur, and it needs to occur with all of us not thinking it's so cool for greedy bastards to, you know, be flaunting all their wealth and for us to look up to them. I think that's the first thing that we can all do is just like, if you, ladies, 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 if you talk to a guy and he, he thinks he's badass shit because he makes a ton of money and he doesn't do it in a with integrity, have any meaning, passion, fulfillment, all he does is move money around Ignore him. Don't well, don't on, date him. That, don't sleep with have, him. Uh, because I think this is how women can change what's important to men. Well, no, I was going to say, and also like uh, these corporations saying that they don't have money to pay for health care and everything. When <laughs> CEOs make 200 times right. what their lowest paid employees it's make. Like, There's something wrong with that. Well, and what, because something wrong with like, real quick, some Steven. of the big companies that are not going to Mexico anymore to move their plants to Mexico to cut down their labor costs what and about? make more money. Trump's stopping that and putting it back. That's, that's oh a funny God, story you tell yourself. Yeah, nice little spin there. Yeah, so so we can talk, yeah, we can talk nice about spin. that in the, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, well, uh, don't fall for the that. The prices that. might fall on us if we continue to buy those products, if those right. prices go up. But can't well, big spin. corporations like that afford to take a little bit less than their profits? 
the state. Again, the states. Moral, a moral. Yeah, rank. and to take the, the CEOs have to have exactly. Yeah. Uh, I want to give Drexel a second here for a for a little plug because your show is rolling back out. Yeah, political culture comes back next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, Michael Hausen is my first guest on the panel. So we'll be here on the panel. He will be here. Doing political culture next week. I reached out to him and I said. I disagree with you, but you got a lot to say, and I think that we want a uh, different panel. I don't want a bunch of uh, people uh, who I agree with uh, sitting next to me all the time. Mm. And and um, so, uh, political culture will be back. It's actually going to be streamed on both uh, After Buzz sometimes and Black Hollywood Live. We're really trying right. to test it's that. It's a new format, it's a new right? New format. Yeah, It'll great. be more Meet the Press style. New year, new show, new drugs. New real new show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, check it out next week, six o'clock. Uh, Michael Hasm will be our first guest, and then After Buzzer. So we're going to be pairing a lot of our. Every week that's will great. be fa- uh, some of our favorite and, after buzzers. And that show's right before this one, so yep. I, I don't no know. Excuse I, still Michael House yeah. I'm starting to have a hunch that Michael House might be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do have to go. We went a, a little long. Fr- uh, special thanks to Drexel Hurd for joining us at Drexel Hurd. Stephen Helmkamp at Stephen Helmkamp. Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. Scott Moore at SMan80. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. Don't forget the show's Twitter at Trump Report ABTV. Follow us there. Like us on YouTube. Comment. Rate us on iTunes. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Tuesday at 7 p.m. for more Trump reports. See you guys then. Woo! Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.